The Steel Dossier and the Fruit of the Poison Tree, or How Russiagate Became Clintongate Part 7. This is the Fedora Chronicles News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for November 20th, 2021. And I'm your host, Eric Runderking Fisk. What happens in the realm of politics here in the United States now that it is common knowledge that the Steele dossier was a fabricated lie for political purposes? What happens to the reputations of talking heads like Rachel Maddow, Chris Cuomo, and Van Jones now that it's public knowledge that this report was a work of fiction that was financed by people associated with the Clinton Foundation and high-ranking members of the DNC? How are Republicans going to use this controversy to win back seats in Congress? Can Donald Trump retake the White House with his so-called vindication? And what happens to the convictions that originated from the FISA warrants that were issued based upon these lies from a, quote, anonymous source? But first, my co-host Jake Cousineau updates us on his recovery from COVID. had some great coffee so hey just as a brief aside a mm-hmm. um, little behind the scenes for the listeners one of the things that we have done is that we have introduced our podcast feed to our facebook page and that you can okay. you can listen to episodes of the Fedora chronicles radio show on your facebook app for as long as it's called a pretty soon it's going to be called meta one of the things that they're they've been doing though the Facebook app wait a minute Facebook is changing the name of their app the Facebook is changing the name of their company from Facebook to Meta didn't we talk about this <sighs> didn't we talk about how this is probably one of the dumbest no. ideas that they've ever had well it's like Google and Alphabet right everyone thinks of it as Google but Google is actually now a a child company of the parent company called Alphabet and Alphabet is the company that owns like – so Google doesn't actually own YouTube. It's Alphabet that owns YouTube. It all started with Google. Google is the original company, but then they renamed it and created a child company that had the exact same name because fuck you. Because they that's can. that's just how they work. Because they can. Exactly. And why, and why meta? Why meta? Out of, all the, out of all the words in the dictionary, why meta? Well, because it implies that – something overreaching you know when you think of like um metaphysics is is the physics that is over top of all the other kind of physics right or like right. If someone is if they're being, someone's breaking the fourth wall in a movie they're being meta yes so they're basically implying that they're creating a super company is what they're doing it's a shitty idea which they are yeah yeah I don't know. It's a shitty idea. The thing is, is it as it as if you don't get enough of our time and you don't get enough of our money, you're already selling all the private information that you have on us to other companies. And the thing is, is that we are the product on Facebook. The information that we give them, that's the product. All the quote metadata they have on us is the product. Right. And it, it, well, and that's just, we are the product. Yes. All of the posting that people do, all of the content that people create, whether they're creating it on Facebook or Instagram or any of the other companies that they own, that's all 
just freaking that's all they have, you know? So and that's not even the to- that's not even the topic that we wanted again to get into, but Facebook is going to pay, play a role in our conversation today. Now, mm-hmm. wh- what a lot of people don't know is that I've had a couple of really bad health scares in the past couple of weeks, and they don't all involve me. And I'm kind of like yeah. laughing here. So, um, for folks who are just tuning yeah, in, yeah. health scares are funny, man. Jeez. <laughs> so, for folks who are listening in for the very first time, I'm Eric Render King Fisk, founder, co host, uh, all around tech guru. I'm the, um, as the, as the wizard in the Wizard of Oz said, I'm that fool behind the curtain here at the Fedora Chronicles radio show. And on the other side of the country and on the other side of the fiber optic cable is my good friend, my best man, all around good guy, my conscience, Jason Cousineau. And I don't know who was more scared or who was more terrified. You or me with you getting COVID. Probably you because I was really out of it for first like four or five days. But you're fine now. I am. I'm fine. I'm still like tired. I'm still like doing some of the recovery stuff. Like, you know, I get up in the morning and my my body just says, no, you're just you're just going to sit here for a bit. But now one thing I have learned from not just me having COVID, but like the little valley I live in here kind of went rampant. So there's at least four or five other people that I know that had COVID at the same time. And it presented differently for each one of us. So like I never lost my sense of taste, right, or sense of smell, which is something a lot of people say that that happens to them. That never happened to me. Um, I had a really, really, really high fever. I had a fever of like 103, 104 for about four or five days, which is extremely dangerous when you are of a certain age. Um, So far, I don't seem to be suffering any long-term side effects of that, thank God. Um, I had overall body aches, um, chills, but like my friend up the street, his wife also had COVID and she, and the one thing we shared was we were both exhausted. Her fever was sitting around a hundred the entire time. She did not, she had a, a loss of appetite, but it wasn't that bad. She could eat. Like I, I barely ate for like four or five days. Um, she lost her sense of smell. She never had any aches or chills or anything like that. Um, another friend of mine who had it, he basically had a low-grade fever for a while and a really, really, really nasty cough. And I have, a, I have an occasional cough, and that's about it. And it's more my body getting rid of, like, you know, phlegm and shit. So, yeah. COVID is weird, man. Yeah, and, freaking... and, I, and I understand it really fucking sucks. Well, I didn't enjoy it. You know, I mean, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. However, I did find <laughs> out from there that if you've had the vaccine, the vaccine was never believed or nor intended, regardless of what you've heard on the news. In the medical profession, the vaccine was never believed to prevent people from getting COVID. It was never believed it was going to do that. All they thought the, that the vaccine was going to do is make it so that if you, you have it, it's not as bad. That's all 
that they thought the vaccine was going to do. That's what medical professionals told right, me. Right, right. So it's like, well, yay, our government continues to lie to us. Shocked to hear that one. Shocker. Shocker. Right? That's basically you know? the theme of this episode as well. Authorities lying to us. I want to make absolutely, totally, perfectly clear before I jump topics, because apparently I do this too often. Oh. You're fine, right? You're fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not... 100% back to full health. I've still got a bit of a tickle in my throat and just general exhaustion. When you have a high fever, especially as you get older, as you get past age 40, 45, when you have a high fever, your body's – the reason why your your body has the fever is because all of its systems are kind of working in overdrive. And that just wipes you out. I mean I've lost like 15, 20 pounds in the past week. And I'm still going to be recovering from that. I'm still tired, like constantly tired. But yeah, other than that, I'm well on the road to recovery. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no longer like I was in quarantine for a while. I'm no longer in quarantine. So I'm no longer contagious, all that other kind of shit. And I'm just, I'm, I'm getting better every day. So yeah, no, I'm good. I'm fine. So it brings us to the other question mm -hmm. about our topic and the topic or the, the, the name of this episode is the steel dossier and the fruit of the poisoned tree. It starts to giving a shit about how Russia gate has become Clinton gate part five, 15? six, seven. I think <laughs> we're, I think we're up to seven. I, I, I think we're up to seven. How many big scandals okay. have the, have the Clintons have? And one of the things that Jay and I talk about talking to you, our listeners is that Jay and I, discovered at a at a relatively early age that obviously the media lies to us obviously we're being lied to yeah and the people who you depend on to tell you the truth lie to you and they lie to you for fun and for profit perfect example are the people like rachel maddow rachel maddow makes literally tens of millions of dollars each year to lie to you and to give you and and just to just to clarify they know the truth it's not like it's a lie of they a lie of omission or they they they're only telling you what they know and they you know it's not like you know they don't know any better they know what they're telling you is false and they know what the truth is yes and that's that ought to terrify you you ought to be concerned about that yeah or at least be angry you want to be angry about this. One of the things that we had been reading this past week or two, because because of my neurological problems or my neurotic problems, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> two totally different things, man. I know. But the thing is, is that you know how I like to um, accidentally or mispronounce words on purpose. Mm -hmm. We bring up Rachel Maddow for a reason and that we are we're a little bit behind in our publishing schedule right and this morning i had just published our article and our episode on the fuck joe biden phenomenon right and where did let's go brandon come from and jay and i were talking about how there was a a poll number that said that only 38% of the people asked 
think that Joe Biden is doing a good job. His approval rating is at 38%. And Jay and I talk, joke about this. Who the, who the fuck are these 38% of the, right. of the population? If I ask people and they know me as a fair guy, they will tell me the truth. Joe Biden and his administration, their asses are sucking canal water. They're doing a horrible freaking job. They're doing a really bad job. How expensive is gas these days in Utah? Um, well, I usually get the high test, and I haven't really driven in almost two weeks now. So, last time I got gas, it was like three. I'm, again, I'm trying to remember because I usually get the the, the high octane. Um, I think the the low octane was around three eighty, three seventy, something like that, a gallon. And a year ago, year and a half ago, it was, what, two-something? Um, here in New Hampshire, it's above $3.50 a gallon. There are some places here in the United States that it's above $5 a gallon. And one of the things that Joe Biden has done is that not just shut down one pipeline, but two pipelines. And he's asking OPEC or begging OPEC to increase production. So things that have happened between when we first recorded this episode and we released it out into the rest of the world, a lot has happened. Yeah. A lot has happened. And you're not able to hear about it because the media does not want to talk about this too much unless you tune into Fox News or the Federal Chronicles radio show or other independent news outlets who will tell you the truth. And we're not blaming all of this on Joe Biden but we're blaming a lot of it on Joe Biden. There's a lot right. of things going on. The supply chain is broken because all the things that we've been buying online that has not been replenished on the shelves is because people have had to stay at home and quarantine during the pandemic. It's the, that that supply, the supply chain and the scarcity of products to make the products or the materials to make the products that we buy is finally catching up with us. There is a surplus right. of, of, of product in the warehouse or all these warehouses. And now all the surplus in all of these warehouses has finally been used up and bought up. And now you're also seeing things on um, Amazon, the prices of things going up. Like perfect example, I'm tutoring a guy who is Keith, who has his own podcast and I'm helping him get the podcast up off the ground. And I bought another iRig so that I'll have one for our tutorials. And I'm taking pictures of how, how do you set mm -hmm. this thing up? It costs $10 more that now than it did six months ago. And it's only, and, and when I first bought it, it was only like $29. As of this recording, it's, it's around $39, $41. So with that, with that said, the media is not telling us the truth. Why, why are we having these shortages? Why are all these tankers and all of these um, shipping boats? I'm not sure what, what, what do you call them? Ship, well, no, shipping vessels. Yeah, they're all off the coast of Los Angeles waiting to be unloaded. There are not enough workers to unload these trucks. And once the, we, these trucks are unloaded, there's not enough people to drive the, drive the products to where they need to go. And I was listening on MSNBC News a short while ago where 
Joe Biden is blaming you because you're stupid because you don't realize how the supply chain works. Don't you understand that if you buy more product, there's less product on the shelf to buy? Instead of if people aren't going out to restaurants, so what are they doing with their money? They're buying things online. Okay, but what, what about the people who need to go to work to make the products that we're buying? Nobody will. Nobody wants to mention. No, no, no. Don't 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 mention that. Don't don't mention the pandemic. Don't mention the quarantine. No, no, no. That That's not an issue. That's not a fact. It is a factor. Yeah. So a lot has changed since Jay and I recorded this episode. On where fuck Joe Biden came from or or where yeah. let's go Biden came, came from. Right. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. And, and I just mispronounced something. I said something wrong. I misspoke. Take a shot. This is why this is why all of our fan mail reads reads like gibberish because people play the Fedora Chronicles drinking game, and of course they send us letters saying how much they love the show, but they're half in the bag, three sheets to the wind. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I love listening to you guys on Friday mornings. Just me ready for work. <laughs> So one of oh, the that reminds me because yeah. part of my recovery, I'm sorry, a little tangent here. Part of my recovery is just, I get tired as I had mentioned. Yeah. I was in a meeting earlier this week and my boss said, are you that exhausted or are you, have you been drinking? And I'm like, well, he said, you know what? I don't care. Just go take a nap. <laughs> so Jay and I had this conversation as soon as Aaron Mate released this article on Russiagate, and he published this back in November 7th. And one of the conversations that Jay and I had over the phone or over Messenger is that, how come this isn't being covered? How come this isn't the big news story? Because the entire Steele dossier has not only been debunked, and the fact that the contents are bullshit, the contents of the Steele dossier is bullshit. But now it turns out that the FBI has known about this being bullshit for what three years now and they've used at a bare this minimum. at a bare minimum and they've used the steel dossier that they knew was bullshit they knew it was made up they knew this guy what the hell's this guy's name dank dank ivan dejenko dejenko i'm just gonna i'm just gonna read this from aaron Matei's article it did not seem plausible for the steel dossier the collection of Trump-Russia conspiracy theories funded by the Clinton campaign, hyped up by the U.S. media establishment, and tapped by the FBI for surveillance and investigation leads to get more embarrassing for all of those involved. But the indict indictment by special counsel John Durham of the Steele's key source, uh, key source, that's easy for me to say. Have another shot, Eric. Igor Dzenko offers 39 pages of new evidence that Russiagate, after five years of failed innuendo, debunked bombshells and humiliating revelations, has no rock bottom. Dzenko is accused of making false statements to the FBI about his role in feeding Trump-Russia allegations to Christopher Steele, a former British spy working for the private intelligence firm Fusion GPS, and we'll get back to that later, which in turn was working for the Clinton campaign. Steele's so-called, quote, intelligent reports, unquote, were planted in the media to fuel the Trump-Russia collusion narrative. 
The FBI also used Steele's work as a source material to chase multiple leads and obtain surveillance warrants on Trump's campaign volunteer Carter Page. They knew it was bullshit. They knew since the very beginning that the Steele dossier was a document concocted by this Christopher Steele guy and these other people within the Clinton campaign. What's the most ridiculous thing that we could accuse Donald Trump of doing? And obviously there was some drinking and drugs involved. Oh, I know. Let's say that we have video of Donald Trump being urinated on by Russian prostitutes at the Ritz-Carlton in Moscow. You know, I mean, just goes to show you how these people have no imagination. I mean, I could think of several things that would be worse than getting a golden shower from a prostitute. You know what I'm saying? I mean, these, these people just have no imagination at all. I mean, they, they could have they could have had at least make it a tranny hooker. You know, I mean, let's let's stretch the imagination a little bit. Let's see if we can really offend middle America here. Right. Or better yet, make it a middle. No, not a middle aged. Make it an underaged. Right. Rent boy or something like that. Right. You know, I mean, come on. These people just really did not put any effort into this at all really that's the best you guys could do right really that's the best you can do pitiful now anyway continue the biggest proponent of the steel document with the steel dossier that i can think of is rachel maddow and i oh yeah she was all over it she's all over it and rachel maddow would go and she would put her elbows on the table and she would like lean into the camera and she would say the walls are closing in Trump is on the bubble. All of these other like um, platitudes, all of these cliches, the tide is turning for Trump. And she did this for what, three or four years talking about how there's all this overwhelming evidence against Donald Trump in the Steele dossier. That's it's it's turning out to be true. It's turning. It's all true. It's 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 all panning out. And they used this document as an excuse to go get FISA warrants to spy on people within the Trump campaign. So basically what they did was they they did the same thing that Watergate was accused of, right? They were accused of at Watergate, weren't they? Wasn't that what led to the whole investigation that that found all of the uh, the surveillance tapes in Watergate. A couple of guys working for the FBI and the CIA broke into the Watergate offices. Hotel. Hotel. Because they were looking for they were looking for surveillance, right? What a pe- what a lot of people don't realize is that the Watergate Hotel and the Watergate office buildings are like conjoined. They're like one of the same. Like the Watergate yeah. is like this. Um, I can't I, I can't even describe it. It's like it's it, like the Watergate compound. It's the, right. it, and it's like if you've ever been to Washington, D.C., it's the strangest. Yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, but, it's the strangest thing you've well, ever seen. But I'm getting off a topic here. They broke into yeah. the, the, the the Watergate offices for the the DNC to see what dirt they had on Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon wanted to know what did the DNC have. Right. So these people basically did the same thing by coming up with a fake document, a document they knew to be false, and then got warrants so they could do what Nixon did illegally. They could do it legally. That's essentially what happened. That's essentially what this entire 
Steele dossier is. How can we do what Nixon did legally? Richard Nixon also. Am I wrong? Nah, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of stretching it a bit. You are. Yeah. But the thing is that it was just like, for whatever reason, Richard Nixon thought that he was justified in having these guys break into this office to see what illegal information that they had on him. Well, mean, meanwhile, Richard Nixon was having people spy on people like Daniel Ellsberg, who was responsible for the uh, Pentagon Papers leaks that brought an end to the Vietnam War. Right. He had Richard Nixon thought he had a justifiable reason to commit an illegal illegal act to see what illegal information the DNC may have had on him that they got illegally. Does that make any sense? Yeah, he wanted to break the law to prove that they broke the law. It, it, pretty much. Yeah. Now, everybody's associated with Christopher Steele in making up his document that the FBI later used to go after Donald Trump and his underlings is what we call fruit of the poison tree. I'm going to look this up. It's an actual legal term of art. Right. And it basically means... Because it's, you see it in procedural police dramas all the time. You went into the apartment without a warrant. Therefore, anything you found in the apartment is no longer admissible in court. Right. Uh, just regardless gonna, of how incriminating it is. I'm just going to read this here. I'm going to read two different versions of this. From Wikipedia, fruit of the poisonous tree is a legal metaphor used to describe evidence that is obtained illegally. The logic of the terminology is that if the source of the evidence or the evidence itself is tainted, anything gained from it is tainted as well. And this is from the uh, Cornell EDU website, a doctrine that extends the exclusive exclusionary rule to make evidence inadmissible in court as if it was derived from evidence that was illegally obtained. Right. Just, I just want to make sure that I'm clear on this, because the thing is, is that all of right. these, I mean, people have written volumes of documents on this philosophy. Whatever you get illegally, if you got a piece of evidence illegally, like if I broke into somebody's house and I found a, bl- a bloody knife on the kitchen counter and the dead body laying there. I'm a police officer. I don't have a warrant. Well, now all of a sudden, it's like that evidence is bullshit because I didn't have a warrant. And a a prosecutor could say, well, how do we know you didn't plant that? How do we know you didn't kill her? You went in there by yourself, tainted the chain of evidence. The guy who stabbed this woman is now going to go free because it's not so much the evidence that you gathered. It's how you got the evidence that throws everything into question. Exactly. So what do we do with all of this information here? Well, what should be happening is that it all should be the whole thing should be thrown out. Now, does that mean that there should be repercussions from the people who chased it down as fully as they did, knowing in advance, knowing as they did so that they were following up on complete and total fabrications? I don't know. I don't know what the legal proceedings are for that because this was a congressionally congressionally driven investigation, right? This was not, as I understand it, it was assigned to the DOJ by an order of Congress. Am I 
correct in remembering it that way? You probably are. Yeah. So that means what exactly? That means does that mean that you know the the people in Congress that ordered it, knowing that it was false, that they should be held accountable in some way, shape, or form? I don't know. Well, let's go back to our good friend Aaron Matei. Whereas Steele claimed to have access to, quote, well-placed and established Kremlin sources, unquote, his main source was, in fact, Dejenko, a U.S.-based Russian expat who had been working for the Brookings Institute, a Beltway and Clinton-tied think tank. In late 2019, Dushenko humiliated the Steele dossier's powerful champions when it emerged that he had informed the FBI in January 2017 interview that collaboration for the Steele dossier's key claim was zero. That it this was for good reason. Instead of speaking to Kremlin officials, as Steele claimed, Dejenko told FBI agents that he had instead relied on booze-fueled hearsay in his conversation with friends. So they got drunk, basically, and said, no, 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 you should throw this in there. That'd be funny. We should get drunk prostitutes to, to be on the president. and it and it gets worse reading back from aaron matei durham's indictment reveals that one of dejenko's key sub sources was not even russian but a u.s public relations executive with deep ties to none other than bill and hillary clinton another purported sub source Siegel Milan isn't Russian, he's from Belarus, but was the former head of the Russian-American Chamber of Commerce. There is one problem. Contrary to what Dejenko told the FBI, he and Milan never spoke. The indictment also suggests that not only was the FBI aware of the 2017, well, aware in 2017 that the Steele dossier was fraudulent, but it, that its key source, Dejenko, was lying to them. But instead of informing the public and indicting Steele's source, the FBI continued the Trump-Russia investigation and tapped the dossier for it. Anonymous intelligence officials even told the public that the Steele, that Steele's farcical claims were bearing out. They lied, saying that these claims were actually true when they weren't. And they knew they knew they weren't true. Now, one of the things that a lot of people are now doing is that they're looking at this character, Charles Dolan. And, and I quote, a longtime Democrat tied to Clinton's since early to 1990s, the early 1990s. After two consecutive stints as the Virginia state chair for Bill Clinton's presidential campaign, Clinton appointed Dolan to an influential State Department board in 1997. Dolan also served Hillary Clinton's two presidential campaigns as advisor in 2008 and as a volunteer in 2016. So this is pretty much as bad as it gets. It doesn't get, I cannot imagine it getting any worse. But wait a minute, it's the Clintons, go on. Well, no, because... Regardless of what happens after this, right? And you can get into all of the, you know, the, the, 
the the right wing dreams of you know the Clinton murder machine and all that other kind of happy horseshit, right? You can get into all that if you want, but the truth of the matter is that there is nothing that could be worse for the Justice Department at this point. They were effectively weaponized to go after a political opponent of a particular politician, and they knowingly and willingly went along with it. It doesn't get any worse than that. It really doesn't. Let's go back to October 24th and an article in the Washington Post. Clinton campaign, DNC paid for research that led to Russia's dossier. This is, now, this is the Washington Post. Yeah. Hillary Clinton's campaign and the Democratic National Committee helped fund research that resulted in the now famous dossier containing allegations about President Trump's connections to Russia and possible connections between his campaign and the Kremlin. People familiar with the matter said. Now, when was that printed? This this is October 24th of this year. This is just like a oh, couple of weeks okay. ago. Okay. Oh, wait. Hold No, wait a minute. No, I'm wrong. 2017. So that article was printed four years ago. Four years ago. In other words, at the height of the investigation. Let me, let me just read further here. The Hillary okay. Clinton camp. Mm, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee helped fund research that resulted in a now famous dossier containing allegations about President Trump's connection to Russia and possible connections between his campaign and the Kremlin. People familiar with the matter said, Marcy E. Elias. Take a shot if I mispronounced her name. A lawyer representing the Clinton campaign and the DNC retained Fusion GPS, a Washington firm, to conduct the research. After that, Fusion GPS hired dossier author Christopher Steele, a former British intelligence officer with ties to the FBI and the U.S. intelligence community, according to people to those people who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Now, it, right. In other words, right. So, the people speaking on condition of anonymity were probably Clinton staffers. Yeah, because they're legitimizing. They're trying to legitimize him. So, why would the FBI? <clears throat> Why would the FBI take something that was generated by a political action committee, a political entity, to investigate anything? Why would they use that as a basis of investigation for anything? Because it's talk too- about fruit of the poison tree. Yeah. Right? You don't need to know anything other than, hey, the woman running that wants to run against the president of the United States came up with this i want you to you and i think they've got something here and i need you to investigate it anyone competent in the fbi should have said we don't do that sort of thing that is not what the fbi does yeah oh and by the way here's here's a little nugget from this article dating back four years ago a dnc spokesman said chairman tom perez and the new leadership of the dnc were not involved in any decision making regarding fusion gps nor were they aware of that perkins coy that's irrelevant because we know from donna brazili's book that hillary clinton was running the democrat party wholehandedly right so that's irrelevant yeah that's a red herring was okay so them saying oh it wasn't it wasn't us that's all that is it's bullshit 
It but, doesn't matter because the Democrat Party was being run by Hillary Clinton at that point. This DC, this DNC spokesman goes on to say, but let's be clear, there is a serious federal investigation into Trump's campaign ties to Russia and the American people to deserve, deserve to know what happened. Brian well, Fallon. This, this is... This is all shit from the same fucking playbook that they've been doing for goddamn decades, right? Well, like the times, what is it? Was it Mitt Romney? They said, oh, so so, some fucking Democrat in Congress made some sort of wild ass fucking accusation comment and said, oh, it's been it's out there now. So now he has to answer to it. It's like, yeah, well, I heard you like raping your daughter. It's out there now. So now you have to answer to it. Exactly. It's it's all it's all bullshit. Listen, they, I thought they, I made they, it perfect. They can just Jay. say whatever the fuck they want. Jay, What's I thought that? I made it perfectly clear that we were not going to talk about Joe Biden showering with his daughter until another episode. I mean, you're going to be talking. <laughs> well, we could. We, why not talk about it now? Fuck them. No, no it, but that's this is just this is the shit that politicians pull that just fucking it. It's so infuriating and so fucking transparent. Anyone thinking about it should be able to say, well, that doesn't make any sense. But people get so goddamn blinded. We were talking about in the other episode, right? Yeah. We were talking about the let's go. uh, Let's go Brandon. Brandon. We were talking about in that episode. These people get these blind fucking loyalties and they turn off their fucking brain and they can't actually make any logical decisions regarding anything because oh well it's the party i like that's saying it so it's okay that's not okay that is not okay if your party's out there raping children you should be the first one saying that you want those bastards on the fucking chopping block and not coming up with goddamn excuses for them right yeah this is this is why i i haven't been a registered with any party for like i don't know almost 15 years now I don't trust them. I don't trust either of them. And they have all this fucking blind loyalty that they really push and they drive. Well, you know, you got to understand. I mean, I heard it from 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 people very close to me. You have to vote. I know you don't like Trump, but if it's, it's either Trump or it's Clinton, you know, you got to pinch your nose and vote for him. No, I'd rather not throw away my vote. OK, so you're throwing a vote for Hillary Clinton. No, I'm not casting a vote for the person that I think would be the better candidate. And it's not goddamn Trump. Right. And it's not fucking Clinton. And that there are years, there are years when not voting is a vote. I know it sounds fucking crazy, especially in the light of what's going on here. But the thing is, is like, if you look at who's in office or who's running for office and you look at these two people and you say, I'm not going to vote for either one of them, that in and of itself ought to be a message that a lot of politicians are listening to how the uh, they politi- be, but they don't remember they changed it from unaffiliated or whatever the hell that it used to be to um undecided right. right when you're not when you're not registered with a particular party you're now called undecided because you can't decide between the choices right it's just like the fucking word games they do with insurance right they're now called collisions not accidents because right. a collision has someone at fault and an accident doesn't necessarily Right. Yeah. It's the same fucking bullshit political wordplay. Right. I'm not undecided. 
I just don't like any of the fucking parties, especially the primary two. You know, I, I have a very, very clear decision that I've made. It's that I don't trust either of you fucking bastards. You know what I mean? It's This is not something that I'm on the fence about, and I just need the right candidate to push me in the right direction. This is me saying you're both worthless pieces of shit who are unworthy of my vote and unworthy of the offices to which you would seek to attain. That's what I'm saying when I cast my vote, especially if I'm not casting it for either one of the two primary candidates. You can say I'm throwing my vote away, but I can just as easily say I'd be throwing it away if I cast it for a candidate I didn't like. Exactly. You know, but these are the. But but here's the topic gets back to this is that the vast majority of the people out there have an unfavorable opinion of Donald Trump. For a whole host of reasons, all of which or most of which comes from the media. You think he you think he's a racist. Why do you think he's a racist? Because you heard a clip on MSNBC that was edited in just one way and such. It was edited in such a way that it looks like, yeah, he's a he's a racist or. He said something crass. Well, how do you know about the te- the, the context you know of what else, it is he said? You know who else said something crass? Joe Biden, when he was sticking his fingers up, what's her name's Tara dress? Reed. Tara Reed. Tara Reed. When he was sticking his fingers, he said something crass there. Well, yeah, but that's hearsay. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it's hearsay? So hashtag believe all women is bullshit. Right. It goes against your political parenthetical right. alliance. Vote blue, no matter that's who rapes you. Is. Right. It's just it's absolute really vote blue no matter who rapes you. God damn, dude. That went dark. I'm yeah, it did. I'm sorry. Yes, you are welcome. I'm not the first one to use that as well. Um, that That's just see, those are the things. Why do people have these blind loyalties? Why do people why are people trusting the media at all at this stage? Why? Anyone who says, you know, oh, and, and I don't I don't even get to get involved in political discussions anymore, not even with people that I know, you know, unless it's not in a work setting because it's all bullshit. They're like, oh, well, you're just so cynical. You can't trust anybody. I'm like, no, I'm I'm cynical because they've lost my trust. They have lost any trust I gave to them. How many times do you have to go back to the abusive boyfriend before you realize, you know what? Guy's just a fucking asshole who's abusive. Uh-oh. How many times do you have to do that? You know what I mean? It's just so ridiculous. I'm cynical because they've betrayed my trust at every opportunity they've had. There were times when they could have said or done something. And I'm talking about both fucking parties here. They could have said or done something that would have made me go, huh, they may have a point. But instead, you know what they did? They fucking went the other way. They didn't behave in a way that made me want to trust them or believe them in any way, shape, or form. Here's They're some, not worthy of my trust. Here's some, yeah. Now it's even worse because now you know they're making shit up. And here's here's another article from the Washington the Washington Post. And the and the and the reason why I keep quoting the Washington Post is because they're supposed to be the paper of record, and that they have the history. They have the history of surrounding breaking the biggest news story of the 20 the second half of the 21st century surrounding Watergate 
Again, this, this, is, this is from the Washington Post. FBI once planned to pay former British spy who turned controversial Trump dossier. Let me, read, let me read that again. The FBI once planned to pay former British spy who authored controversial Trump dossier. Why did they want to pay him? Here we go. And this is from February 28th, 2017. The former British spy turned who authored a controversial dossier on behalf of Donald Trump's political opponents, alleged ties between Trump and Russia, reached an agreement with the FBI a few weeks before the election for the bureau to pay him to pay him to continue his work, according to several people familiar with the arrangement. The arrangement to compensate or the agreement to compensate former MI6 agent Christopher Steele came as U.S. intelligent authorities reached a consensus that the Russians had interfered in the presidential election by orchestrating hacks of the Democratic Party email accounts, while Trump has derided the dossier as fake news compiled by his political opponents. The FBI's arrangement with Steele shows that the Bureau considered him credible and found his information, while unproved, to be worthy of further investigation. I'm going to let me correct that last line for you. The FBI has decided to pay him, thereby proving what a worth organization are and how partisans they've actually become yes. in life. I remember being pissed off about this when I first heard about it. Right? And then wasn't yeah. there yeah. wasn't there like the FBI agent in charge? Wasn't he caught sending emails back and forth to his 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 lover? Not his wife, you know, the woman he was fucking, not the woman he right. promised to love, cherish, and obey. Um, the didn't they get caught sending um text messages or emails back and forth where they're like, this bastard will never be elected if I have anything to say about it. And let's look this Didn't, up here. Isn't that, wasn't that also something that happened? Yeah. Peter Strzok. Yeah. Peter Strzok. Yeah, his he F- was the guy, yeah. he was, he was the guy, the officer in charge, right? The OIC officer in charge of this entire investigation. And he was, they found a record of his text messages with his, with his, his girlfriend Basically promising her he would never let Trump get reelected. Yeah. Well, I mean, kudos to him. He's a man of his word. Congratulations. You're a worthless sack of shit. Right. Who no one can trust you to do your actual job that you were getting paid to do because you're a partisan fucking hack. Right. Well, yeah, you're a man of your word. Trump didn't get reelected in no small part due to your malfeasance and corruption. Congratulations! It's, fun, it's funny how we forgot about. Uh, it's funny how we forgot about um, Peter Strzok and uh, Lisa Page. I don't think we. I don't. It became irrelevant, is what it boils down to. Trump's no longer president. The malfeasance, the incompetence, the partisanship, all of that is still relevant. But the story became irrelevant because it's no longer important to the general consciousness. Because we've got a senile old fucking handsy pervert in office right now who is doing his level best to destroy the fucking country. So you may say we've got some bigger things on our mind right now. Boy, I'm on one today. You were, you were, you were on a roll. <laughs> we should do this on Saturday mornings more often. But, but, but on, no, honestly, Jay, honestly, Jay, everything that we thought we knew about Russiagate has turned out to be a lie. Yeah, but we knew that before. 
okay, you and I knew that before. Our listeners, uh, fair enough. Our listeners fair enough. knew that. But now there was overwhelming evidence that the entire Steele dossier was made up. People oh, have actually oh, confessed. Eric, 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 yes, go ahead. 38, 38% of the U.S. population firmly believes everything, every word that was written in there is completely 100% true. You still th- you think that the 38% of the population oh, that still still thinks that, that Joe Biden oh, is doing a, g- a great job are the same people who still believe Oh, absolutely. That Joe Biden's doing a great job as president. Absolutely. Oh, fuck yeah. You kidding me? When the news story comes out in a year that says that Joe Biden has determined the world is flat, it's going to be fucking epic news for these people. They're going to be so proud that they can finally admit it was something that they had suspected all along. And it was only because Joe Biden had the courage to stand up against those evil conservative scientists who were trying to push this lie on our throats for centuries. You wait. They can't wait for that fucking day. These people turn off their fucking brains. They turn off their brains. And for those of you who are on the political right, who are nodding your heads going, you're damn right, they don't think, they don't think. Ask yourself this. How much of what Trump said was fake news was actually fake news? Yeah. I like Trump. I like what he did in office. I hate the man. He is the most arrogant, self-centered guy to hold office in my lifetime, which is saying something. That's saying a lot. One of them was a goddamn actor. Right. Yeah, because one of those dudes was a goddamn actor, for fuck's sake. Right? Yeah. Are you talking about Ronald Reagan? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. You know, and I'm not saying Ronald Reagan was a bad president. You know, I, I mean, I will say that I agreed with a lot of the things that Trump did, but that doesn't mean he's a good guy. That doesn't mean he was worthy of my vote. It just means he was more competent in office than I thought he was going to be. Still an asshole. Still not worthy of the office he held. And a lot of the shit he said was just stuff to for, to self-aggrandize himself. The man is a narcissist with an ego the size of fucking Africa. But how do you really feel about him? Oh, you know, he's he's got some issues. <laughs> But let's take it back another notch and look deeper into this, because my entire thrust and thesis behind this episode (laughs) is that shutting up. Go ahead. The media knowingly lied about this because some of the other articles that we're linking to, especially talking about I I believe that Aaron Mate talked about this at length in this article. And let me see if I can get back to it in time. This is what happens when you have too many tabs open. This is when you have too many tabs open. Dude, you got to just up your RAM. Oh, my God. I got to get 64 um, gigs of RAM in my machine. No, you want to do like a terabyte of RAM. I've seen how many tabs you keep open. If I could get a terabyte of RAM, I would. We got to talk about that (laughs) later here. Now, but one of the things that Aaron Matei and other writers are talking about is that MSNBC knew that this was bogus because not just because of, of what people in the FBI were saying, publications like the Washington Post were blowing the whistle on this. Yeah. The Washington Post had said in many of their articles covering this topic, this is bogus. 
This is a bogus document. There's a lot about this that doesn't seem to be accurate. Why is the FBI paying this guy to keep doing his, quote, research? Why? Right. What? What is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Washington Post has been asking some of these questions and yet at the same time going along with the charade of, well, let's see where this, this leads us. Let's see where these investigations lead us. Now all of these people are embarrassed. Well, here's the thing, though, right? On the one hand, kudos to the Washington Post. Seriously, kudos to them. They're trying to maintain their integrity at least a little bit throughout this entire bullshit, right? On the other hand, it's also proof that editorialization does come into play in the newsroom. The Washington Post was the only national-level newspaper that was actually saying, hey, there's a lot to be suspicious of here, while at the same time they were still reporting it as if it was fact. So they were coming up against their own journalistic integrity versus their own editorial desires. They wanted it to be true, but they still had the integrity to say, I don't know, man. There's something There's about this. There's something about shit. this. Right. So, I mean, kudos to them for doing that. They covered that, their bases but at the same very time, well. Right. But at the same time, they were also hard charging saying, yeah, Trump is, uh, you know, he likes the golden showers. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He just, he just, I don't know. Usually got to pay extra for that kind of action. But, you know, he's fake rich. So, sure. It's bothersome for me to be looking at this, looking at the Steele dossier, looking at the coverage of the Steele dossier. And now that it's been debunked, nobody is asking the serious question that I think I asked a couple of minutes ago. How much of what we know of Donald Trump is actually wrong? How much of what we think we know about Donald Trump is bogus? I don't even care about that. I honestly don't. I don't even care about that. What I want to know is how much do they know about Biden that they haven't fucking told us? You and I have been following the the laptop, the Hunter Biden right. laptop thing. Right. We've been at the risk of sounding immodest. We've been kind of at the forefront of following that and saying, what the hell is on this thing? What more is on there that they haven't told us? Right. And remember, that story also led to Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, practically getting his license to practice law revoked, right? Yeah. They did all kinds of underhanded, dirty-ass, fucking skanky shit to make sure that story went nowhere. They fucking buried that story. And they also um, banned or blocked people. For posting about it. They literally suspended the New York Post's Twitter account because he would not stop talking about it. That that to me is very freaking disturbing. It's a Twitter's a private company. I don't give a shit about that. They can do what they want. They can show the world that they are partisan hacks who have absolutely no interest in supporting the First Amendment unless when they think it's going to do them some fucking good to do so. That's what they proved to the world. Whether the world was paying attention or not, eh, whatever, people are stupid. Twitter has a right to suspend any account for any reason whatsoever. It is interesting, though, 
that they suspended the New York Post account over that, and they did not suspend anyone else's account who was telling, like Andrea Ocasio-Cortez, who was talking about putting people in fucking internment camps because they voted for Trump. Right. But, you know, again, Tiger showing his stripes. I really don't care about that. I, here's the thing but that... It just show the lengths that these people go to. The other aspect of this, Jay, mm-hmm. is that I'm frustrated to a very large extent, and I'm, I'm not sure if I'm frustrated with, with, with everybody, including you to a small extent. I think you get it, but you know I don't think you get it all the way that I get it. Okay. I I'm looking at this as as an actual crisis of of character of the press and the media. They've been caught lying. There aren't enough not enough people who are willing to say, "Well, what else are you lying about?" Cuz we just seem to think that like somehow it's only about Trump. They're they're only lying about Trump. And how many people out there or actually stopping and thinking and saying, you know what, how much of what I believe about Trump is is actually true? Now, Grant, you and I both agree, and even me, after reading two of his books, he really has no business being in the Oval Office after what I read in, in two of his books, mm-hmm. okay? I'm not a huge Donald Trump fan. I don't think that he deserves the accolades and and the massive following that he has. Yeah. But I, I also I also think that they have overplayed their hand in trying to illustrate w- w- what a buffoon this guy is. They lied about everything that was in the Steele dossier. All these other things that they've said about him. How much of, the, of that is actually true or how much of that is an actual lie? And getting back, getting well, getting. Yeah, go ahead. Finish. Finish your thought and then we'll go well, back. How, yeah, the. How much of what they've done has galvanized the support behind him? I don't know. In other words, I, I taking what you said right on how you don't know how much of what they said is true. You don't know how much you can trust of what they've said about him. But how much of what they've said has proven false, has galvanized support for the man, right? Are there people out there who otherwise would not have supported him, but they are supporting him because – They've heard so many fucking lies at this point that they don't know who to trust or what to believe anymore. Not that's not unfair, but it also helps to explain what's going on with CNN and MSNBC and their ratings. Their ratings are in the toilet. They're getting only mere hundreds of thousands of viewers while other networks like Fox and own and Newsmax, they're eating their lunch. Yeah. So in that respect, maybe maybe the tide is turning, but you can look at the entire the tide only turns if they if they change their if they if CNN were to suddenly start reporting on Joe Biden's incompetence. Right. Right. They would have to do that for probably decades in order to get any support, widespread support from anybody. There are also probably, yeah, there are probably people who are yelling at us right now. Talk about the other aspect of this that is not being covered because the Clinton campaign is all over this. If you, if you continue to done, you can't, you can't on one hand say, what about the Clintons? And then tell people, yeah, but Trump's no longer president. The Clintons politically are done. Hillary is not going to run in 2024. 
But what about the the crime that they have committed in? They're politicians. They never get held accountable for crimes. Come on. And that, and, and that, and I, and I know, and I know you enough to know that this also frustrates you. Oh hell yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are never going to be held accountable because the, they are complicit in all of this. The Clintons are complicit um, in all of this. I don't know. I don't know if I would say complicit or implicit. They did this. They started this, they created it, they did it knowingly, and they did it on purpose. But again, nothing is going to happen to them. No one is going to hold them accountable in any meaningful way. It's not going to happen. That is the reality of life. As unfortunate as it is, that is the reality of life. And you and I cannot trust the media. You and I can say that no one should be trusting the media. But the truth of the matter is there's going to be at least 35 to 36 percent of the country who is always going to believe what the media says because, well, they're the media. They wouldn't lie. In spite of the evidence that has been thrust in front of their eyes in the past, what, week yeah, or more, they're still going to trust the media. And they'll tell you that Fox News is is not trustworthy. You know, you and I know someone who basically kept telling us, so, yeah, but you can't run if you can't use the story if it's from Fox News because no one trusts oh, Fox Oh, yeah, News. absolutely. You know, and it's like, well, I don't trust the New York Times either. So I'm not going to run anything if they run the lead on it because I don't trust them. They are not worthy of being trusted. And how many times have we said this is the new source, take it with a grain of salt, or caveat emptor, this is, this is the new source. Right. Because, I mean, most of the articles that I have cited is from the New York Post. And, and right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Washington Post, WAPO. <laughs> all, of the art of, all of the articles that I have cited today is from the Washington Post for a reason because of their outstanding reputation in their coverage of Watergate. This is this is as big, if not bigger than Watergate. And then the fact that the that the Clintons are all over this and that everything leads back to GP um, Fusion GPS leads back to the Clintons. Yep. One or two of the, of the lawyers that were involved in this was a former campaign staffer of the Clintons. Yep, yeah, you're forgetting the other element to this. This is an indictment of the news media itself. And for that reason and that reason alone, it's going to get buried. They're not going to talk about it. This brings up one of my favorite fantasies that I like to think about quite often hey 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 one of it's them a family show god damn it Watch one of them mouth. what what could we do if somehow we were paid collectively as much as a rachel maddow or half of what may rachel maddow is paid imagine imagine what we could do in the realm of journalism if we were paid as much as rachel maddow if you and i and i and our little team of of volunteers were all paid collectively as much as Rachel Maddow makes in a year. Imagine all the good that we can do. But then that also brings up another question. Why is she paid as well as she gets paid 
for perpetrating these lies. Is that why she gets paid? Huh? She's perpetrating the right lies. And that's why she gets paid as well. See, now here's here's the hard part, right? You and I have talked about this numerous times. Yes. Right? If someone were to pay us, would we even accept it? Because let's be honest, we don't want to take the chance that someone at some point who's paying us says, hey, listen. um, Yeah, I know exactly what you're. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, I need you to not talk about this, you know? And if you're making that kind of money, and that is serious money, if you're making that kind of money, how easy would it be to say, fuck you, I'm reporting it anyway? You know, I hope I would have the integrity to do that. But, well, let me put it this way. I would hope I have the opportunity to find out I have the integrity to do that because that would be cool. But the truth is that's something that you and I are worried about. We've discussed this. Oh, yeah. We've talked about this several times and it's it's a scary thing oh it's terrifying because now we're talking about our own personal integrity am i the person that i think i am or am i going to crumble under the the pressure when they say hey you know this story about so and so you know they're a friend of the family or whatever so we need you to kind of lay off that oh yeah i mean that That is terrifying. That is that is a, a a huge concern of mine. At what point would I be making too much money where I could become corruptible? Right. Would I be willing to do the kind of work Rachel Maddow does for Rachel Maddow money? That's the hard part, isn't it? I mean, you'd like to think you wouldn't compromise your principles, but... One thing you and I both know in life is you don't know that until it happens. Yeah. It's fun to think about, you it's, know, like, it, it like is. What, what would, you know, what could we do with that kind of, with those kind of resources? If we had, if we had an investigative, investigative journalistic staff on hand where we could say, you know, go investigate this, look more into that. You know, I mean, I've, I've often said that if I ran, if I was, if I had the money to run a news organization covering a 24-hour news cycle, we would not be repeating the same fucking stories every three hours, every two hours, because there is a lot going on in this world. There would be a segment of the day dedicated to follow up on earlier stories. I fantasize a lot about what it, what would it take for us to have our own news network and, and, and avoid this crap. And is is, right. is is this how Andrew Breitbart got funded, even though he had millions of dollars? And it was just like, was Andrew? Well, is that how is that is that how he started? You know. But I think we're getting into the physical, physiological, philosophical. We're, we're, now we're getting into the physical. Phys- uh, uh, now we're getting into. Now we're now now we're getting into the physical. Jesus Christ! Now I can't fucking say it. Now we're getting now we're getting to the philosophy behind doing a podcast, right? Because seriously, if we're not doing this for the money, there's money. There could be. (laughs) There could have been. I mean, I mean, we have a couple of Patreons. Yeah, we have a couple of Patreon subscribers. We're working on getting our OnlyFans page up and running. There's a lot behind that. I didn't realize. No, no, you don't. You you actually you actually need to get your own separate bank account and your own routing number. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, 
There's a lot to it. There's there's a lot to that. I mean, we we have a we have a page set and reserved, but and but here and here's the thing. We used to have a quote advertiser once upon a time. Yeah. And I don't want to speak ill of him because apparently he's not doing so well right now. Right. But he did tell us from time to time that he didn't like the coverage on certain topics. He didn't like the way that we talked about certain things. And there, there, right. there are there are times when I kind of compromised what what we did and how we reported things. If if and that's that's the thing, right? I mean, there's we all we always have these fucking pie in the sky dreams about you know if I had a million dollars, if I had you know a billion dollars, whatever, what would I fund and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, but could you imagine if you? actually could fund things the way you think they should be run. Like, I don't care if it's a story about me or my children. If it is a story, you follow the story, you know? And that's easy to say on the outset when it's not an actual story about you or your children. What's the actual? Integrity is a hard thing, man. It is. And I, and, and I and I wonder, like, maybe this is how I'm going to close out the show. What happened to Rachel Maddow? How did Rachel Maddow become this? How did she become this person? Who or, a, after, was she always that person? Or was she always this person? How is it that the story has been debunked? Russiagate turned out to be a dud. And all the prosecutions that came from the FISA warrants based upon what they thought was true in the Steele dossier. All of those convictions associated with Russiagate should be overturned, should be tossed out. It should all be it it should all be thrown out. And and here's the other thing. You know that when Donald Trump runs for president in two years, because, you know, he's going, you know, he's going to you know that he's going to say he deserves to win because he deserves another term, maybe even two terms in office because of this entire facade of the steel dossier. And Russiagate and Crooked Hillary, you you know the Republicans are going to use this. And and no, here's the other just, thing. No, go ahead, go Jay. Ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know this is a winning strategy between all Republicans and independents who were swayed by bogus news coverage. You know that for a fact. You know Republicans are going to use this. You know it. You know Trump is going to use this. You, you know that people who are going to be running with Donald Trump and, and hitch their wagons to his star. You know that all of Trump's allies within the Republican Party and maybe even some independents are going to say we were lied to for four plus years because of because of what's happened, because of all the Rachel Maddow's lying, because of Hillary Clinton buying and paying for this bogus document because of what the FBI did. The FBI knew they knew it was bogus. They knew it was a lie. They knew it was a phony document. It was a work of fiction. People are going to get fired in the FBI because of this. Eventually, it's inevitable. People are going to be forced to resign because of this. People are going to be writing books about crooked Hillary between now and the next 20 or 30 years. I'll be I'll be dead of old age if I ever make it that far. And people will still be writing about writing about crooked Hillary Clinton's corruption. 
But in the short term, you know right now, and it almost makes me sick to say this, you know Donald Trump now has a fighting chance to take back the the White House in 2024. You know it. And every time that they say something about him, Donald Trump can say, oh, more fake news. Where'd you get that? Steel dossier? Debunked. You know he's going to run on that. And you know the chances of him winning are pretty strong if there are if there's a fair election. I don't know if I lost you. Looks like your your microphone has been muted. You've muted your microphone. That's because I was coughing my ass off. Okay. Because okay. <laughs> so. it, it looked like you were saying something. <laughs> And I was, I was, I had just forgotten to unmute my microphone after that last coughing. Yeah. So that's the caveat though, isn't it? The fair election and the question everyone, everyone needs to be asking themselves. Do you honestly believe our last election was honest? No. Do you believe in your heart of hearts that you could stand up proudly to the rest of the world and say the 2022 election was a fair and honest and open election and joe biden received more votes for president than any other candidate who has ever run for president in the history of the united states if you believe you can say that without feeling a single twinge of doubt you're probably part of that 38 percent that believes joe biden is doing a great job which means you're self-delusional no one who has looked at this election with any degree of honesty in their hearts can say that they believe this this past election was 100% honest. It wasn't. Now, you can say, well, the Rep- Republicans were not honest they, and they lost anyway, and there may be some truth to that. You can say that, absolutely, and I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I'm not going to say you have no basis for saying that because you honestly do. However, you also cannot honestly say that the Democrats did not do anything underhanded. Truth of the matter is, it doesn't matter who won. This last election made us a laughing stock on the international stage. Oh, absolutely. Stage. Oh, if, as if we're not already. Well, yeah, but you know what? They're used to us bickering in our internal squabbles and all that shit. A majority, I would say the majority of the world could care less. Oh, look, those Americans are arguing about themselves again. Yep. So what do you think the weather's going to be like tomorrow? You know, I mean, they. I honestly don't think they have, give a happy shit. They I don't really think they don't. care. I get, well. I don't. I don't think they do. I'm looking I at really I'm, I'm looking at this and wondering, like, what, you know, how does this not break the confidence in the system? How does this not break the confidence of the system? And how does this not? How many make, stories have you seen about it? That's the other thing. That's the other problem, the news blackout. You're not seeing any stories about it. Yeah. No one's talking about it. That's how it doesn't break the system. Because the people that the powers that be in the media, specifically the media, because this should be the story of the goddamn century. There should be no story at all more important that is in the headlines. No story whatsoever. Fucking Joe Biden could be declared incompetent and the number one story on the on the docket should still be this election was a piece of shit. How can we make our elections better, more reliable? That should be the number one story until fucking something is done about it and no one's talking about it because they don't give a happy fuck because it went the way they liked it to go this time. You 
bet your ass in the 22 elections, if there's a red fucking wave, it'll, there'll be all sorts of stories about how we need to be able to yeah. certify the integrity of our elections because it didn't go the way they want. It's all bullshit. It is all 100% unmitigated, unfiltered bullshit. Here's how I'd like to end the show. I'd like to ask you a serious question here. Oh, goddamn. (laughs) Is this a symptom of the problem? Is this just merely a symptom or another symptom of the same big problem? Or is this going to be the one event that could or should break corruption within Washington? You mean the election? Not just the election. I'm talking about the news story about the Steele dossier. Steele dossier. Or do you think that they're going to be successful in, 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 in burying this? I think, they're, I think they're going to be successful in burying it. I really do. Because I have no confidence at all in the competence of our journalism in this country right now. I have no confidence. None. I don't believe the majority of the news media is capable of reporting on a true story in any meaningful fashion. I honestly do not. I think they are, they've, they're following the Peter principle. They have become so incompetent that it is impossible for them to actually become competent. They are so partisan that there's, there's no way there is no way they don't even, they wouldn't know true, honest, journalistic integrity. If it slapped them in the face, it could come up to them and rape them on screen in on camera. And they still wouldn't know what, what happened to them. They still go off about Jordan Peterson being a fucking Nazi for fuck's sake. You know, they're still telling us that we should wear masks. There is not a single study not one single study that has been peer reviewed that has shown that masks are any more than up to 15% effective. Not a single one. So why are they still shoving masks down our throat? And I'm talking about the media, not the fucking, not the Biden administration. The media is still telling us we need to wear goddamn masks. Why are they not telling us that you should get vaccinated because you won't be as sick when you get COVID again? Why aren't they telling us that? Because that's the truth. So, no, I have I have no confidence in our media whatsoever that they're actually going to follow this anywhere important. This is the fact that Hillary Clinton's campaign hired someone to make up shit about her political opponent and then the federal government bought into that is not going to be a news story that gets followed. I don't know whether or not I agree. <laughs> I don't mean to be controversial. It's because you're still no, it's because you're still altruistic, man. You still want to believe in the integrity of the media and people and I'm just too fucking cynical. I, I believe there has got to be a, a a turning point, a time when people would snap and realize, oh my God, this is what's really going on. I feel like I'm the guy in that I don't episode. Think it's I don't think we're there yet. At, what would Go it ahead. What would it take for people to look at the Clintons and realize they are fucking corrupt? What would it take for somebody like let Let's say my my liberal neighbors after here. After Chelsea's dead, you think so? After Chelsea's dead, oh yeah, not in their lifetimes. I I, I look at my liberal neighbors who defend our senators Gene Shaheen and Maggie Hassan. 
with the veracity of a mother rattlesnake. I don't I don't know if mother rattlesnakes really like look after their young, but just go with it for a second here. These people get so vicious when you point out the truth about these people. What would it take for somebody to look at like a Gene Shaheen or a Maggie Hassan here in New Hampshire and fucking snap and realize, oh, my God, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, my God, they are so fucking corrupt and they're 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 just fucking liars. Well, the truth is, is that's a different answer for every individual person. But speaking in a collective, nothing. As I said earlier, they could be on live television, have their heads spin around on their neck, sprout horns, start breathing fire, speaking in backward Latin, talking about the benefits of Satan and how, you know, they love to devour children and the genitalia of eight-year-olds that could happen on live television and 38 percent of this country would still be like she is just awesome i love the view behind the scenes they're just that's how you know they have integrity there is no lie more powerful than the one we tell ourselves perfect place to leave it jay thanks (laughs) i don't know what else to say but you (laughs) nailed it Congratulations on surviving another episode of the Fedora Chronicles radio show. Find out more about the Fedora Chronicles by visiting our website, thefedorachronicles.com. That's where you can find our show notes, past episodes, and articles. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram by simply searching for us on those platforms. Don't forget to join our group on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so that you can keep up with what we will be talking about in the next episode. Facebook, Twitter, and our email address, Chronicle at google.com, are great ways to drop us a line with your comments and show topic suggestions. And if it's any good, we promise we will read your comment on the air. Support the show by contributing to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Chronicles. For a mere dollar a month, you get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're doing, and for $5 a month, you get all that and a t-shirt and coffee mug of your choice. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you to all of our listeners who are already contributing. You can also support the show and show off your incredible, impeccable taste by buying our merch at zazzle.com store slash Chronicles. The theme songs for the show are Royal Flush and Black Cabaret, by all of music. All other music on the show is listed on the show page and has been provided to us by Premium Beats from Shutterstock. Copyright The Fedora Chronicles 2020. All rights reserved. On behalf of my co-host Jason and I, this is Eric Renner-King-Fisk signing off and reminding you to keep your chins up and your fedoras on. Fedora Chronicles.